culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh your way through the chaos of life in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for funny Instagram stories with my Uber drivers, adorable memes, and really cute selfies. Today's guests are just as adorable, sassy, and sweet as I am. They always keep it real as the queens of the Almost 30 Nation. Please welcome the hosts of the Almost 30 podcast, Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Oh, yes. so happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Damn, you really you? drop into your voice. Truly. You've got an amazing radio <laughs> voice. It is like <laughs> in. It is tapped in. It is amazing. People tell me I have a, a, a radio, a sexy radio, but it's, I don't know, do. anytime I'm like on the phone or anything, I always like tap into the yeah. same voice. So people are always like, whoa, you have like a sultry you voice. Should be, you should be a, a, a sex phone operator. <laughs> you should, or a podcast host. Either works. Or a podcast host. <laughs> um, and we are enjoying a dry farm wines Merlot here in studio. It's Cheers. delicious organic wine. No so sugar, good. no sulfates. Good for you. Hangover free. My favorite hangover free wine. So if you want to give it a try, go to dryfarmwines.com slash Zach, C-A-C-K. Okay, ladies, you are in the No Filter studio, so you have to answer my icebreaker questions. Let's do it. Every guest has to answer them. First question, where'd you grow up and what part of the world are you living in now? I'm Krista, and I grew up in the beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio. As Mm. sexy as it sounds, it was an interesting uh, place to grow up. Very conservative, very, very boring, lots of cornfields. And I live in Los Angeles, California right now. I like that. And I I am Lindsay, and I grew up not too far from Ohio. I am from Pennsylvania, just north of Philadelphia. Wow. Um, And yeah, kind of the same. Lots of deer, cornfields. Humble beginnings. Humble beginnings. (laughs) Not much going on, but a sweet little town, and I now live in Los Angeles as well. What brought you guys both to L.A.? Um, I always wanted to be out here for my acting career, but actually, um, what helped me to come out here was SoulCycle. SoulCycle mm. moved me out here when I was working for them. So yeah, it's the best. I know. I was living in Chicago after school and then I was in New York and I moved to New York for my boyfriend. And then once you're in New York, it's kind of like, where do you go? And mm-hmm. you, you go to LA. So it was <laughs> like the next best fit. And, um, I've just loved it. I love it. Yeah. It's a mess, but I love it. 
You so you how long did you live in Chicago? For four years. And then I was wow. in New York for two and then I've been in LA for two. Okay. I may need to chat with you. I'm doing a an event in Chicago next weekend. Oh really? And I need extra hands in well actually St. Charles, which is like an hour outside yeah, yeah. of the city. Oh my gosh, yeah. it'll be awesome. We're doing a celebrity poker tournament for charity for my foundation Generation Rescue. Yeah. Um and so yeah, we have we have like Lala Kent, who I love on Vanderbump Rules, who's like coming yes. out and playing with us. I'm excited. Yeah, I could get amazing. all our girls to help. So whatever oh God, you need. That'll be amazing. Um, second icebreaker question. What's one word your mom would use to describe you? Oh my God. <laughs> my, my mom is uh, very interesting. She would probably call me like a rebel or something. Something that was like a little passive aggressive, you know, like it wouldn't be like, she's a delight. It would be like a little bit like of a dig at the same time yeah. as like a descriptive word. <laughs> um, my mom would probably call me a ham. Oh, mm. yes, she like would. Ham. Yeah, I'm a ham. I've always been a ham. That's a good one. What would yours? She would say, it's funny, she actually said this one time, which was the inspiration for this question. She's like, your brother's just like so smart. Like, he could be president. And I was like, well, what about me? And she's like, you're charismatic. There you go. <laughs> That's sweet, Mom. I'll Thank take you. it. Yeah. It's like, I'll tell you, I won't be president, but I'm charismatic. I'll host a podcast. Um, fun fact, what's one thing about you people would not expect? What would your almost 30 nation not know about you guys? Mm, I have a travel business too. So I have almost 30 and I have my blog and then I have a travel business called Let's Travel Morocco. And mm. I've been doing it for four years. So I went to Morocco, fell in love with the country and fell in love, not actually, but with a guide there. And we started a business. So I help people book their tours to Morocco. Fun. It's hilarious. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to go to Morocco. Now. It's, it's so stunning. beautiful. I went on one of the tours with Abdu, her mm -hmm. uh, friend and tour guide. So incredible. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot recommend it enough. It was like a trip of a lifetime. Yeah. All I know of Morocco is like when Housewives in New York went exactly. there. Say no more. That's all you need to know. And then Sex in the City. So, Sex in the City. Oh. Yeah. Remember yeah. Sex in the City too when like Aiden came back? Yeah. I didn't really get into all that stuff. I love I Sex was in the a, City. I'm a bad like girl. Shows of all Do you know time. what I mean? That stuff. I'm like, I didn't watch the whole like. Yeah. Series. I don't know. Um, what would they be surprised about? Um, that's a really good question. I am an amazing singer. Yeah, I yeah I sing. I okay, sing. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I figured, I, they, I, I figured they know that by now, but I know who knows. Maybe used to be a boy in other lives. Yeah, it's your oh, first lifetime as a girl. <laughs> yeah, it's my first lifetime as a girl. <laughs> had somebody actually like told, like a person? Mm -hmm. Wow, probably like we three. had a reading. We had a reading together, and um, yeah, we've had multiple readings. But yeah, this one was pretty. And it makes I mean it makes total sense. I'm kind of a tomboy, mm. but like love, l like love exploring and like being very feminine so it kind of looks like whoa she's really she's really going for that <laughs> when she goes for it <laughs> what is your drink of choice Lindsay? um cocktail mm -hmm. um dirty martini dirty martini yeah keep it clean olives are twist savory olives mm. yeah for sure i'm a i like a moscow mule mm. when i when i drink just straight up, like just, a, a regular. Yeah, just a regular. You don't have any modifications. Everybody in LA has like a modification for a drink. I mean, if I'm being real, I don't really drink that much. But if I do, I kind of like enjoy the, I'll drink when there's a drink to be enjoyed. And I kind of just will have it like as is. So maybe it's like, or a spicy mark. Mm -hmm. can always do a spicy mark. Love a spicy mark. Um, last icebreaker question, which is my favorite question to ask people. If you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? <laughs> 
I know your answer. Go ahead. Oh, what do, what do you think, Chloe? Chloe. I fucking love Chloe. <laughs> Chloe's the realist. She's so smart. She's so kind. Like, she's stayed tried and true throughout the entire process. And she's just the voice of reason among all of the Kardashians. And because she hasn't been, like, the you know, people would rat on her for not being the most beautiful, quote unquote, that she's been able to like develop a personality mm-hmm. that like is apparent throughout everything. So I would definitely be Chloe, although it'd be hard to be Chloe right now. She's having a moment. Having a moment. I'd love to be one of the kids. Yeah. I know that's not allowed, but True. like, wow, that <laughs> like, is a life. Yeah, having, like having like a, a quarter of a million dollar first birthday, yeah. sign me up. Yeah. Right? You know, otherwise Chris, I oh, guess. Oh, Chris. Uh, yeah. Chris is said Chris is. A legend. Chris a legend. is like living the life. She is. She's a legend. She's set for life. Like she doesn't have to work in, in a few years because they're all gonna just keep the the residuals. She doesn't need to work coming now. Out. I know. <laughs> would you be? Would I? Who be? would you be? Sorry. Um, it used to be Courtney, uh-huh. but recently I'm very Phil and Kim. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's funny. I used to not like Kim, and now I'm kind of into her. I think she's mm. kind of cool. Yeah, I'm into Kim. So what kind of fostered this relationship? Did you guys know each other before you came out to LA? And how did your podcast get started from that relationship? Yeah. So Lindsay mentioned she was a soul cycle instructor. And when I was living in New York, I wanted to be an instructor. So I was like, became obsessed with soul cycle. I was like, there's nothing else for me, but being an instructor. And I just like dedicated myself to it. I was like going to five classes a week and losing weight and getting fit and all these things and preparing for these auditions. It's actually a pretty rigorous process to be a soul cycle instructor. I don't think people know that. So you apply and then you audition and then you have other interviews. So I went to the audition, didn't get it. And a lot of the reason why I didn't get it was because I was really uncomfortable on the microphone. So I put the microphone on and I just was very weird. Like it felt very odd to me and Mm -hmm. I didn't, I got very insecure and it was weird. So, um, from that point, I was devastated, but I knew I wanted to try again, and I just was, like, determined. I was depressed but determined to make this work. And in that, I got introduced to Lindsay by a friend, and they said, you know, she's an instructor. You should connect with her. Um, she could really help you with your audition if you were to audition again. Um, so in that time, I was moving to L.A. with my boyfriend, and I was like, I'll audition again in L.A. Maybe my chances will be better then. Um, so I auditioned again and didn't get it and, you know, was super low. Um, but in that time, I had met Lindsay and we became friends. And I was sitting there talking about how I felt like something was meant for me. And I was so determined to be a soul cycle instructor. And I was manifesting and I was dreaming and I was wishing and I was like introducing myself as if I was an instructor. And she had been going through her own things in her life. And we were just having really impactful, meaningful conversations about the transition from our 20s to our 30s and growing up and all the things that no one was really talking about as you know, you were so confused and you feel so lost during this time that Mm -hmm. we wanted to kind of create a space for people to have that conversation. So it was really us meeting in the failures that I had. (laughs) Yeah. And and have you reached 30 yet? You've been almost 30 for a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're both. Yeah. I'm 31. Krista's 30. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a metaphor for any transition in your life. But I do think that transition from your 20s to your 30s is one of the biggest ones. And if you believe in the woo woo, the Saturn return, that's when it's happening. And there's usually a big shift in your life to help you to really like refocus on, recommit to let things go um, and just get clear 
on what you want in your life. I will say I listened to your solo episode the other day Mm -hmm. where you talked about the different career transitions and how it led you to where you are. And it resonated so much because like my, I mean, I started off in fundraising and then I did a podcast when I was like 15. And then I was like, I'm never doing this again in my life. And then I wrote my first book and then I did stand up comedy and then I was doing acting. And like my career has just taken so many shifts that it's, I feel like people look at it now and they're like, wow, you've written four books and you have two popular podcasts. I'm like, but you didn't see all of the transitions and different jobs and, and, you know, career ups and downs. So I appreciated that you really opened. So you were so open and candid about that on the show. So what, how do you guys keep such a, um, like, keep your audience so engaged because you are so vulnerable, but I feel like that also can be emotionally exhausting at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's part of the reason why our community has formed so quickly and at, at, you know, it's such a big community and they are so engaged. So I, I do think that, you know, we are committed to always being ourselves. Um, you know, in the beginning, there were some things that we overshared on. So I really think that like, you know, we're always learning about that and, and what feels good to share and what doesn't. And that's when we really ask ourselves and we, and we, you know, follow that intuition. Um, you know, one of the cornerstones of our show is just hopefully making people feel like they're not alone. Yeah. So sharing things like that, things that are vulnerable, personal, um, we do that consciously because we know that we're not the only ones. It's not really about us. Mm-hmm. It's about um, making others feel like you know they can get through it or that they're not alone, that they have a community that they can lean on. So um, yeah, it's it's something we kind of talk about on a regular basis. Like, ooh, should I have talked about that? <laughs> yeah, because we never re- we never edit. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, it, we'll get vulnerable. I'll get a vulnerability hangover sometimes if I'm really vulnerable mm-hmm. about something. You know, later that day, I'll kind of feel really raw and like. And just a little insecure, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should have said that or really it's more about like if I've processed it or not. So if I've processed something and I understand it and I'm kind of able to like see how it's benefited my life or how it's, you know, helped me or shaped me, then it, then it makes sense to me. And it's really comfortable for me to talk about. And I don't care. I can say pretty much anything, but there are some things in my life that I haven't necessarily worked through that are challenging for me to talk about. And so you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if that feels good. But, you know, for you, it's like, it feels like we're just in a room. You know, that's the thing about podcasting. It's like, it it just provides such a platform for you to be really vulnerable and honest because you just feel like you're talking to your friends. Is there ever a point where your audience is like, whoa, that was too much? Oh my gosh. There's, girls have been like DMing us. They're like, can you please do like a sex episode about your sex history or something (laughs) like that? And that was one where I'm like, oh, I don't think so. You know, like, well, I think too, like, you know, when you're in a relationship, it's different. Like I'm saying, oh, she's in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So part of me is like, yeah, whatever. But then I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, like eventually I'm going to be in a relationship. And like, that is going to live on in internet you know, world forever. Like, yeah. do I really want to talk about that? You know, cause they're, yeah. when you're in a relationship, you have another person to think about. Yeah. They want more though. It's like people really want all of you. They want to hear everything. They want to hear like the juice, the dirt, you know? So it's really just on us to be discerning about how much information we share because, you know, I want to have something left for myself too. You know what I mean? 
No, it's been interesting. I, I probably am a little too TMI in the sex and relationships. Where, like, I've interviewed my exes on this show. Oh, my God. Like, I have no boundaries. I, but that's been, my dream. They would well, be like, oh, fuck you. I actually I would love to do that, were, too. Like, 80% dream. of them said no. And then there were, like, the few crazy ones that were like, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, my God. That's my dream. I mean, I kept them all anonymous. But, but then now there are guys that are like, if I'm dating, yeah. if we're on a date, right, like, are you going to talk about this on your show right now? And I'm like, well. I know. She had that. Yeah. My boyfriend is not really cool with me sharing things. Yeah. He's not. He's very private and he's just not cool with me talking about stuff on the pod. So I, you know, I'll share things that are like, like sweet, but I I really try and keep it close to my heart. Yeah. Yeah, That's a hard thing. I know for me, I'm so open and have no boundaries, but like the people around me and my family, like there was a point where we were filming a documentary for a few years and like people did not want to be on camera. Like, it's just some people really respect their privacy. Mm -hmm. And with me, I'm just so open with it. So what was the moment that you guys had when you were like, oh, we're onto something with this podcast? Like, it's not just a hobby. It's not just something we're doing to share, but like, this is actually successful and a business for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the things was the community. You know, people started to reach out to us, you know, not only through messages and email, but, um, people would see us out in LA and, and say that they were listeners and that the show had had a really big impact on their life and it, they found it at the right time. And, and so, you know, we wanted, we loved that connection. We were like, Oh my God, this is Mm -hmm. the best. So we wanted to create in-person experiences. So having events and workshops and things for our listeners to attend, um, became a big priority for us. It's, it's, um, you know, a large, part of why we grew so quickly, um, in the last couple of years. And for us, it just like, you know, we don't like just staying behind the mic. We really yeah. do like connecting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love connecting. And they influence the show. You know, they tell us what they want to hear. Was mm-hmm. there like a metric or a guest mm-hmm. that you booked on the show that was like, Oh, mm-hmm. now I feel like this is a successful show for me. There's we it was we this is a weird time that I remember is in our group like we have a secret Facebook group and there was a girl and this was might be insignificant to someone else but there was a girl that had a very rare brain condition that I would have no idea how to how to say or or the percentage of people that had it is very very low and she was opening up about it and she was explaining this brain condition and I was like oh shoot like. I felt such a responsibility. I'm like, oh, she's sharing this and I don't know if anyone's going to relate or anyone is going to be able to help her or she's going to be supported. And it felt very scary to me because I wanted her to feel like that, but I don't know how that feels. So I didn't feel like I was in the place, but you know, a half an hour later, there was, you know, three or four comments and a few of the people had actually had that similar brain disease or brain like condition condition and it was like i was like oh there's something here that like she feels comfortable enough and there are people here that have that too like that really struck me as like we have something and like these women now that they've connected are here you know for life like because they have that similar thing that is supported for them um and then you know i think when we got nominated for the iheart thing was very interesting it was congrats on that that's exciting yeah we were huge losers so (laughs) Um, like huge losers with an l so we Uh, lost but it was like very weird because we're not with a network or we're not with you know, we weren't with management at the time and we got recognized as one of the top health podcasts with these huge names like goop and whatever so i'm like that was to me was like oh Mm -hmm. like people notice and it's not just like our yeah family (laughs) is not being with a network intentional um 
right now it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Um, yeah, and we're we're having we're taking meetings with networks for sure. So, okay. um, you know, we we've done all of this on our own up until this point and have done it really well. So I I just you know we want to take our time. We mm-hmm. want to take our time and have conversations and ask the right questions. And you know. Uh, podcasting is a wild west and it's still in its infancy. And so to step into rooms with men who have been in the radio business for 30 years, who are just trying to slap the radio business onto podcasting, I'm like, Hey y'all it's different Mm -hmm. and we're doing it different. And I'm not going to be told X, Y, Z and like that I should do this. So we are very Sorry, that sounded really like I'm mad, but it's just <laughs> that was you, true. You gotta like, you really have to like go out there and be an advocate for yourself. Absolutely, because I mean, we do this full time. This is our full time yeah. job. We make enough money to support ourselves, and so like, if we're going to be giving a percentage away, we we want to get that energetically back to like the support. We want to be seen. We want to be understood. We want to be put out there for opportunities that align with almost 30 and not just because it's a big number next to it. Absolutely. Was there ever a point where you were like, "Mm, maybe we're in a slump right now and like we should end this show and like not invest more time into it? Mm, No, no. Yeah. Which is good. And the thing is too, you know, and I think to that point, a lot of the reason why that is, is because I was working a full-time job for the first two years we were building the business and you were too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're working a full-time job, it's like, I didn't even think about, you know, what money I thought about money, but I didn't think about really what it could be or supporting us full-time or this being a full-time business that would support me. So it's like, we were just doing it as our passion and for fun and, and really putting so much work into it on the weekends and nights. So that really helped. That's the key. Yes. That I think so many people come into the podcast game and they're like, I want to monetize it. I want to be with a network. Like they want to hit all those goals without having the genuine passion underneath it. Or they just think podcasting is trending. So that's what I need to do to boost my business. This is our life. Yeah. Like where people want that and it's like they want the network or they want the money and it's like we got in it because we love it and we have something to say and we want to, you know, connect people and like that's – if people want it just for the money, it's like it's such a beautiful platform that it's such a shame, you know, to just kind of be in it just for the money. Yeah. What's your take on plan B and like having – because I feel like there are two philosophies. There's only plan A and I can go all oh, the way yeah. to achieve my dreams. Not the, <laughs> not the pill, was, not the morning after. I was like, well, uh, yeah. this has a twist. We took a turn in this yeah, conversation. I was like, is this a no, sponsor? No. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. I'm a male sponsored by plan B. <laughs> I won't be impregnating anybody anytime um, soon, but I'm sponsored, but I'm sponsored by plan B. Um, yeah. Like I feel like there are two philosophies of like, only like don't have a plan B because you should always go in the direction of what your gut or your dreams, or your passion are telling you, or it's practical to have a plan B because once something fails, you have something to fall back on. Mm. I think that for me, the mindset of plan B doesn't work, but I think having, you know, like we did having a full-time job and a quote unquote, cause it's trendy, a side hustle, side hustle. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that works, right? Like where you're not putting so much pressure on the side hustle that it just crumbles because you're not making enough money soon enough, mm-hmm. but that, you know, you can have your full-time job, have your full-time paycheck and health benefits and all of that. And then just give, give like what you can give to it. And slowly over time, it has the potential to become something 
bigger. But yeah, the plan B stuff never worked for me. I never really found something out. I guess my umbrella just kind of stretches over a lot of things. So Mm -hmm. like I grew up wanting to be a Broadway star and then like an actress on TV and blah, 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 blah. And this, this for me all falls under the same umbrella. You know what I mean? So where does your career go from here? Do you have a Great vision? Question. Do you have a goal? Do you are you just kind of following where you're at right now? Yeah, it's funny like how it's changed. Because um, I feel like in your 30s, people are like, by now you need to have your shit together. Oh, by no. now you need to have your career set and a 401k and your your husband ready to have kids with you and you have to be you have down payment for your home in the bank right now. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> and that and that is for a lot of people. Like they have all of that, and I've never been. Um, one to know that, be able to plan that. Um, I've always kind of been the the black sheep amongst my friends and not in a way that they like ousted me. It's more just like they had corporate jobs and I was always the one like bartending at three different bars, have auditions during the day, doing, doing this and this whole cycle. And she's like, she's doing her thing, right? Like, <laughs> so yeah, I never know. I never know. But what's so be- beautiful about the podcast, didn't know that was going to happen. And it's like fulfilling something in me that I didn't that I always wanted, but I didn't know that this is how it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I just trust that my whole life is going to be that way. You know what I mean? Like, and I've really let go of, you know, wanting to be the Broadway star and wanting to be, you know, starring on a sitcom on ABC, right? Like who knows? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. maybe parts of that will happen. Maybe it won't. Almost 30 will become a sitcom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean though? It's like, you have to kind of let go of, you know, what, what people told me I was going to be when I was like 18. Right. So I hate that. Like that's the age you have to determine what you're going to be or I what mean, the rest of your life is going it's to a, be. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's yeah. a crime. And that's like, when you have to pick what your, your college degree is going to be. And like, that's your life from here on out. I know. I do wish that I would have like, I feel like people where I was from in Ohio just kind of ushered you into college and we're like oh you'll figure it out take classes that you're interested in it's like okay i'm choosing from biology and french um (laughs) neither you know like so you're put in college it's like figure it out you know it's serious but not and and no one had any expectations of what i would be so it was like okay just get a job like whatever it is and that's kind of what i did and i wish people would have said you know and this is me to i you know me probably needing to take more responsibility for myself but I wish that I would have thought about more critically about what my skills were and what I could be because I would be a lot further instead of just being like ushered into the system and then you know it's kind of done there's no thought process behind it and people are just put into jobs and then they're like 25 or 30 and they're like what the fuck like Mm -hmm. I remember being in my corporate job you know in Chicago I was working in finance management consulting and you know, as sexy as it sounds, I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I didn't feel good in the process. I didn't feel good about what I was doing, but I felt like I I should be because everyone else was. Um, So it's just really, I don't know. It's really, it's a hard thing for, you know, most people. So what would your advice be to somebody maybe at that 18, early twenties phase that like doesn't know whether to follow the direction that they're being told by society Mm. or to actually follow the direction of uh, what's in their gut and their passion. Mm. I mean, you know, if they have the means to follow their gut and their passion, I think that's the thing too, is like, I'm, you know, I think a lot of times these conversations, it's like where people are coming from a place of privilege where they can choose between the two. Cause right. a lot, and as you know, a lot of people don't have the privilege of actually choosing to follow their dreams because they're, 
an immigrant from an immigrant family or, mm -hmm. you know, they're, you know, it's not part of their uh, family process to do that. But if you do have the opportunity, I would even do both. Like I would get the job to have money to support you so that you're not pressuring your passion or dream and you can make the right decisions and you can use that money to invest in the business. Um, I quit my job before almost 30 to pursue blogging full time, fell flat on my face because <laughs> I didn't figure out my finances, you know, with a good structure in time and building almost 30 while working a corporate job really allowed me to have clear visibility into what we wanted and invest money into it at the beginning um, and not put pressure on it. So I would, you know, try and do both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say um, I, I wasn't as focused like when I was 18, 19. So if you do have yeah. something that you love and I had something that I loved, but I didn't for some reason, I actually don't know why. Um, I, I, you know, I guess I do know. I like the social aspect of life kind of took over yeah, the boyfriends so being cool, like doing all the cool stuff. So true. And so I really wasn't spending my free time, you know, uh, reading plays, studying lines, watching movies, like really like do you feel immersing like investing myself in that helped you or it hurt you in the long run? Cause I feel like that's another big argument is people are like, you need to get started when you're 18, get started now, hustle hard as young as you can, because then you're going to be successful to at a younger age. Or mm -hmm. it's the exact opposite where they're like, you have time, you have all the time yeah. in the world, live your life now and you can work hard later. Yeah. yeah I mean, I can't say either way. I don't know. Um, because I went to like a liberal arts school. I didn't go to a conservatory. I, you know, went to the football games. I like was in the theater department and I, I studied theater and English and I did all that stuff and I was in all the shows. But like, I, I definitely didn't <laughs> focus as much as I should have and dedicated yeah. as much of myself as I should have. And to be honest, I probably would be farther along and I would Same. be in a different place. So yeah, you know, if you're passionate, like put in the hard work, like, yeah. because then I'm thinking I'm like, Granted, like, if that means I wouldn't be here, then I wouldn't want it. But it's more just like when you have that energy and you have like some people still have like the support of their parents financially, mm -hmm. you know, like do it then and like hit the ground running. Like when you really get into the adult world and you have all of that experience and maybe building your resume behind you, like I just... I don't know, because then you're going to be making money sooner, hopefully, successful sooner, and then maybe you retire earlier or like you just have more money. I don't yeah. know. Well, I think the thing is there's a pressure to be one side or the other. Mm. And everybody has their own path and everybody has their own journey. And some are hustlers from like I started working and, and busting my ass off when I was 15. Mm -hmm. And other people are barely starting to figure out what they love and want to do now. And I think that's okay. You know, everybody has their own mm. timing and we can't follow one path or the other because that's what was successful for, you know. X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. There's such a pressure too. It's like such a beautiful thing that entrepreneurship came about and like following your passion and figuring out, you know, what your purpose is, but it's also hard too, because it's a pressure now, you yeah. know, sometimes feel, people feel an anxiety around that where they're like, I need to find what I'm meant to do. Mm. And I need to find my purpose and my passion. And I need to be, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's almost like inhibits people from actually doing that because they feel so much anxiety around it. So, um, you know, there's, there's just two sides to everything. And it's such an interesting conversation that I think we're having now, which is such a beautiful thing because people are kind of stepping into their purpose and passion. To close out the show, mm -hmm. what advice would you give each of your younger selves? 
Like if you could go back to oh your God. 20 yourself, stop 20 going year to the tanning self. bed, <laughs> stop the tanning bed right now, Get yeah. us. cut out the side bangs. They're over. Uh, and, um, I, but I would probably say, oh my gosh, so much. One thing you think you really needed to hear at yeah, that age. That, like, I just wish I would have meditated more, you know, to kind of check in and connect with myself. Because I remember feeling so low at times, you know, and feeling um, like I had so many emotions and I really didn't know how to like what to do with them, you know, and how to handle them. And I remember going to parties and being like, oh, this is so dumb. You know, I hated drinking. I hated that whole scene. So I wish I would have meditated earlier to connect with myself and really get to know myself more um, than I did. Yeah. I think I would, there's so many things, but, um, just remind her like that she needs to respect herself and the way that she allows people to treat her. So whether it's a boyfriend, friends, I was just always really the people pleaser Mm. and making sure everyone else was good at the expense of my own happiness or health or whatever it was. So especially I think when it comes to, to guys, like I was just kind of letting some shit fly that should not have flown. And, um, I don't think it served me and it, I don't think it served them either in their development. You know what I mean? I think about that too. Or like, what part did I play in some people's development? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I love that. Thank you guys for listening to hashtag no filter with Zach, Peter, Lindsay, Krista, where can they keep up with you guys? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Almost 30 podcast on Instagram, on iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts, almost 30 podcast.com. And I am hundred blog on Instagram. And I am at Lindsay Simsick. I love it. Also guys, my foundation generation rescue is hosting a celebrity poker tournament, March 9th in St. Charles, Illinois. It's hosted by Jenny McCarthy and her hubby blue bloods and NKOT B star Donnie Wahlberg featuring my girl, Nikki Sharp. Lala Kent of Vanderpump Rules, Miranda Mayo of Chicago Fire, and so many more. So go and get your tickets right now at generationrescue.org. Keep up with Lindsay. Keep up with Krista. Go and listen to the Almost 30 podcast. You're not going to want to miss it. It's a lifestyle podcast tackling health, inspiration, career, and spirituality available on all major podcast networks. If you want to keep up with me, you can kick up. You can you can follow me <laughs> at Just Mind Zach across all social media platforms. I have really cute selfies and funny Instagram stories, so go follow. And until then, don't forget to listen to hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter every Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the places. Go and listen and download and leave me a good review because I like good reviews and yeah. I need your validation. <laughs> okay, bye. 